bit sassy A little bit crazy, a little bit classy We got dreams and we got goals We're just a couple of old sassholes Okay, take two. Now we're really on. We've had to take two every time for like the last three episodes. Well, here's the thing. I'm a professional. (laughs) So I have to mess up every now and then to make sure that you still remember I too am human. Yes, Mm because I ponder that every day. (laughs) Uh, Let's start this this business. Um, hello, everyone. Welcome to A Couple of Sassholes. I'm Brooklyn Maple. And I'm Heather Terry. And we're here to fucking blow your mind. <laughs> I always we're wonder what you're going to rock say after your that. motherfucking world. Whoa, whoa. Did you like that? Somebody. I did the hand swing. Somebody went to the gym this morning. And I did. Still got pre-workout pumping. Oh. Through the old veins. It is just, my veins are lit. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> just like my receptors in my brain. Life is good. <laughs> what? Sobriety's fine. <laughs> Don't break up with us. <laughs> I didn't we do, do the best do you, we can. I know with what we have and yes. where we are. Yes. I have used all my tools in my toolbox. Oh man. To make this masterpiece that is Brooklyn Maple. <laughs> Brooklyn and Charles. What did I say? Steven. That's what I said your middle name was yeah. last time. God, you're a twat. <laughs> We don't, do we have a list? We, I don't, I personally do not have a list of things to uh, taco about today. I really don't either. Oh, ooh. We no are. No banter. We are coming in The hot people fast. that fast forward through it are like, going to be Thank God. They're like, they're like, like, thank goodness they're not fucking talking about some miscellaneous shit I don't care about. <laughs> and you know what we have to say? Fuck you. Whoa, <laughs> whoa. Pew, pew. Shots fired. Pow, pow. <laughs> yeah, I, think- I don't. I got nothing. I don't. We're planning some trips. We won't talk about them until later. Ooh. Or do you want to talk about them now? I mean, we, I don't know. As long as we don't bring it up, then every fucking episode. Well, I think I will. That's why I was like, maybe oh. we should wait. Well, now everyone's on the Stay fucking tuned. edge of their seats. Scoot Fuck back. That. Scoot back in your chair. Scoot back in the old lazy boy. We'll tell you later. <laughs> the lazy boy. What? I want a recliner. Oh, gosh. You know, you know what? Me and Travis were talking about getting a, reti- a recliner. In a the, retainer. A retainer. I'm not wearing my retainers. Oh my God, Look at that. So that? last night, yesterday, Friday, I told you I would stop wearing my aligners. My fucking. I've caught blinky. her like three times this week. I told you. I, I don't. I told you I was going to mm-hmm. continue. She's like, I caught you. No, I told you I was going to wear them all week. Mm-hmm. And then um, I didn't wear them on Friday and I put them in and my teeth didn't hurt. And I was like, I can finally not wear these. Look so at you. I'm happy. There's no more anxiety over it's gross. it. It is. It mm-hmm. is literally fucking growth. It really is. Yeah. Um. So we were talking about a recliner and tell me on your thoughts on this. And and then I'll talk about our debacle of moving. Um. But Travis said recliners are where marriages and relationships go to die. And I was like, explain. And he was like, the second you get a recliner, we start sitting away from each other. And I was like, you're a cute, precious man. And I thought that was really sweet. And so we don't have one. he said, we're not allowed to have a recliner, but we can have a love seat. Yep, that's why in we don't have one. Sit in love. See, that's great. Mm-hmm. Go us. Yeah. I wonder if that's a millennial thing. Like if that's a, you know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. like all old. Ask me in 10 years and I'll be like, we have a matching and, you know. <laughs> the, I think about that too. I'm like, mm, I, when I'm 60, I would really like a chair that helped me get up. Yeah. Considering that I now have a bed that lets me sit up and I can edit these from my bed. <laughs> God, I could never do that. It's awesome. I'm, my feet are up. My My back is up. I'm sitting up straight. It's so comfortable. I bet it is. I cannot mm-hmm. wait to come over and sit on said 
bed. <laughs> this is like riveting. I know. It okay. literally is. My story so, super, super long. Okay, oh. hold on. I was okay. going to say, so me and Travis have had a panic attack this week, and Heather, Heather always gets to sit through the anxiety that is me as a human being. But we have like a, a house that sits like the back patio is a farm or whatever. And we said the second that they put a for sale sign, we are going to move. And of course it happened. It happened this fucking week. And Heather was like, okay, don't panic. Breathe through this. But now we are looking at moving, which is a bummer bear. But yeah, that does suck. It does suck. I don't want a fucking neighborhood behind me. There's a whole reason why I paid for that lot. I want to look at a farm. I want to feel soothed. It's time to, I guess, go from the fun suburban life to country living. Yay. (laughs) I'd rather die. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So my story is, let's talk about it. We are talking about Neckies necrophilia. Yes. Becky's talking about Neckies. You know what I'm saying? That's what's That's happening today. I knew it. The second I said it, I was like, we got it. That's so I'm pretty, I'm pretty, I don't know why I'm pumped about this one. I guess because I don't feel, um, we'll talk about it in there. But like, I guess in my mind in this, don't everyone don't shut off the audio and then fucking come to our Facebook page or our website, couplesassles.com and yell at us. But like, I guess in my mind for a second, it was good to know that no one was like harmed in the making of our story. Right? Like, at least, ooh, shit. At yeah. least mine specifically. Not physically. But, <laughs> I mean, emotionally. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, originally, when we started this, I was like, oh, no one was hurt. Like, I don't have to hear mm-hmm. about someone being stabbed 18 times. And then you read it and you're like, fucking fuck, man. You're talking about someone's loved one. Yeah. Getting all sexed on <laughs> without their consent. Oh, God. I just, disclaimer, I did not pick this topic. Oh, did I? <laughs> yeah, you sure. Oh, did. I'm gonna hit this up again. Yeah, um, it's I jumped. Very interesting. I think it's, I think it's entertaining as fuck, nauseating at the same time. Like um, you don't hear about it yeah, all the time. Gross. So like, yeah. it's it's. I can't. Are you watching? Oh my behind God. you and they're I, knew, chopping. I was like, they're. It's a commercial, and yeah. I turn around and there's a TV right behind me, and they're chopping stuff. So yeah, and it's, see Brooklyn's it's the boner blade. Like, I'm gonna turn this off. No, don't touch anything. Anyway, so um. Yeah, I'm definitely going to pick this one back up because I jumped into it pretty fast and picked a specific person based Mm -hmm. off of what I thought would be um, giving a little shock and awe. (laughs) But now and I'm happy that mine kind of is what it is. But I I think yours is fucking 18 pages long. So I don't know who wants to go first. I want to go first. Do it. (laughs) Because yours is like a different. You'll see. I'm very excited because we're trying something new. Wait for both. Okay. This one, it is, it is kind of long, and I did, believe it or not, cut some stuff out. So I'm excited. I don't ready. know a lot about Nikes. I thought I knew a lot about this guy. His name is Carl Tanzler, and I thought I knew a lot about him. So you did pick him. I did pick him. Got it. But I didn't remember all the details of said Tanzler. Gotcha. And I learned them, and I want to. This unlearn. is probably he's probably the most infamous. So if you Googled, if you were to Google uh, necrophiliacs. He is going to be number one, and my person's going to be number two. Yeah, I didn't. That, yeah, that's right. I, I know it is. <laughs> clear out that fucking, clear out those pipes, girl. God, this person can chop like I've never seen, and I'm just so jealous of his abilities. I know that you're staring at that fucking knife behind me, which sounds really weird on audio. I tried taking, like, cutting classes, like, not. You used to cut what? Like, with Buddy, one of the chefs, I used to do, like, help them do, like, prep stuff with the convention center, like, so I could learn how to chop. Huh. 
professionally. And then I stopped really doing it because I had really long nails and it was hard to do it that way. And I should probably get back into learning how to chop appropriately. Like it's just a skill set that it's hard because A, I'm short. And so like, I don't know if you guys know this, but I am a whopping five too. I'm a tall drink of fucking water. And it's not that easy. I have to like almost tippy toe to get like a, a table to be at the right height to like do it. Do it to it. Who fucking cares? Let's go. <laughs> Let's talk about people fucking dead people. How's that? Let's stop fucking talking about my inability to chop. And let's talk about... You were very passionate about it. Sex. <laughs> Baby. <laughs> okay, you I'm done. Back in, now that we're done with the chop talk. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when we don't make notes about actually riveting topics. That's fine. Okay, mm-hmm. Carl, Carl Tanzler. Uh, he was also known as Count Con... <laughs> I can't even get this out without laughing. Count Can Von Castle. Okay, that that's self-appointed, by the way, and I'll get there. Ugh. Like he picked that anyway. My sources: uh, Wikipedia, Murderpedia, and then there's an episode from August of 2020 for called the Hollywood Crime Scene Podcast, and I think that like we could be friends with them. Like, not trying to expand our circle, but if we could hang out with these girls, I think because they're very similar. Like, it sounded like I was listening to our podcast. Don't okay, don't be it. telling other people there's another podcast that literally sounds like us, Heather. God. Listen, and she's the one in charge of our PR. I don't... <laughs> fucking A. I'm just throwing them a bone. Maybe they'll throw my back. That's what I was getting at. And then there's an episode I didn't get to watch on HBO. There's a show on there called Autopsy. Did you know that? Maybe. It's episode six, season one. And where's I'm going to watch it. Where's a pen? I want to watch it. day. Let's do a watch party and we can watch it. Can't you do that virtually now? Yeah. Okay. It's we'll a do whole it. COVID thing. I remember during COVID, you were like, do you want to watch da-da-da? We started watching oh you at the same time. We did. <laughs> and we did it on the phone with each other. We did. We're not weird. And we anyway. press play at the same time. We're not oh weird. Oh my God. We're so weird. Okay. We are, yeah, we are. Okay. George Carl Tanzler was born on February 8th, 1887 in Germany. And there's not like a ton about his early life because he lied so much to impress people. And he was so full of shit that nobody knew what was true about his past and what wasn't. So you kind of just have to Shocking. give him the benefit of the doubt. In his younger days, it, they seemed pretty eventful from what, all that I read. Like he wasn't abused. There wasn't any like weird shit where you're like, okay, well, that probably led to this. It was just pretty normal. But you won't think he's normal once I tell you all this stuff. Oh, God, he was kind of <laughs> He was kind of a nerd, and he didn't develop his interest in women until much later in life. <laughs> what do you mean? I don't, they just, that's like His what, dick didn't get hard for women until he was like 28? I don't, I didn't do a boner test. I don't, <laughs> so I don't God, if we could get boner tests. Anyway, continue. <laughs> what? I don't know. Okay, his favorite, like, pastime, he was really into glider planes. <laughs> I don't, that's apparently a thing. Okay. Nerd. Okay. He was really into engineering also. So he said when he was younger, he would get, okay, here we go. Ready? When he was younger, he would get visits from an ancestor who passed named Countess Anna Constantia von Castle. I can't. Who said, hey, this is your one true love and you're destined to be with this woman. She just showed him a face of this woman and was like, this is who you're supposed to be with. Okay, so this bitch came to him mm-hmm. in a hallucinating yep. fate. Okay, mm-hmm. got it. And she was like, this is the face. And okay. showed a face. The face was dark haired and exotic looking. And the countess said, like, this is going to be your bride. So hmm. remember that. I, I'm not going to forget anything. Was <laughs> <laughs> it talking to you? Got, got it. <laughs> Since he's always been a show off with nothing to show for it, this opened doors that probably wouldn't 
today because there wasn't any internet back then so he was very confident when he delivered all this stuff that he would say yeah and people just bought it god it was so easy to lie back in the day <laughs> mm. by 24 he would be all braggy and be like oh i have nine advanced degrees at 24 years old he said he had nine why do people do this like we medicine. hear this all the time where they're like i'm a doctor and i did it from two years after mm-hmm. fucking after work yeah on a one hour fucking i was a middle school class. prodigy God, we hear this shit all the time. I know. Hey, guys, if somebody lies to you and you find out that it's a lie and it's a really stupid lie, they probably have a lot of fucking issues and you should run. <laughs> Just fact of the day. Man. PSA. Learning or teaching people stuff. Yeah. Okay. He would travel a lot and claimed. <laughs> I forgot about this. He claimed that he had his own island that was a coconut plantation near the equator. What? <laughs> We should have videoed this because the faces you're giving me are funny. Ugh. So on his travels, he ends up in Australia. And this was uh, in his early 30s, which is also when World War One broke out. So since he was a German citizen, and I don't have a better term for this, but they had a concentration camp. It's not, don't think like Auschwitz. Auschwitz okay. Yeah, but like, it, that's what they called it. It was really like a castle at the top of a hill. So oh, but that's, the castle on the hill. Yeah. If you will. No, Ed Sheeran Just song. Just painting pictures. This is basically like a jail, but while he was in jail, he told people that he was secretly making a sailboat that he was going to break out of jail with. I don't, right? He just says shit. God, it's like everyone was high and dumb. He just says words. They were all hallucinating from like the wheat germ in their wheat. Wheat germ. What is Because remember the whole whole thing from... Salem, uh, right? No. That, Uh, yeah, but then also the uh, famine, the great famine, how people were getting sick from... A mold You're so that was smart. Okay. Well, I no, I've never heard those words before. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. While he was... <laughs> I'll just back away from the mic and let you talk. <laughs> While he was locked up, the dark-haired exotic bride visions kept happening, and one of them lasted seven days, and then he had, like, a panic attack whenever... Like, he felt like she was with him in jail. And then when she went away, he freaked the fuck out. So once he got out, he he went to the Netherlands to regroup. Like, they wouldn't let him go back to Germany. There was some kind of law or something. His dad mm-hmm. passed away, and then his sister was living over here in the United States, and his hometown was bombed anyway, so he was telling everybody, well, I lost everything. All my research, all his books, because apparently that's what he threw himself into, because everybody thought he's weird. And then he said his jewels, mm-hmm. were all of his mm-hmm. jewels mm-hmm. were lost. Okay. All right. Carl's in his 40s. He marries a fucking 18-year-old named Doris Schaefer. Oh, God. Yeah. And shocker, I know this is going to be shocking, but it wasn't a great marriage. And he openly said she wasn't the woman of his dreams. He got so lucky that his 40-year-old dick was banging an 18-year-old. It's mind-blowing to me that he's like, she wasn't the love of my life. Do you think it's because y'all didn't have shit to talk about? Well, they had sex twice, at least, because they had two kids. Oh, I'm sure they were. Anyway. Yeah. He decides to take the family over to the United States, and they end up in zephyr hills florida it's right outside of tampa i know where that is but get, do you really yeah because i lived in florida for oh, so yeah. long guess what he changed his you're never gonna guess listen to what he changed his name to dr count van kessel dr count i don't so dumb i don't understand how did we get count dracula now i have more I don't, questions <laughs> what I does know. count mean i i don't i don't know well, i'm gonna he, google <laughs> He starts calling himself the doctor. Then he goes and tries to get a job as one. It's like, hey, I promise I have all these degrees, Ooh, right? Heather's just looking at my face. I'm like, if I could just be like, you know what, guys? I'm a doctor. I'm just going to put DR in front of my fucking name. Well, start and I'm doing a doctor. It. PhD. Just make up letters. Oh, yeah. 
Heather Terry, XQR. <laughs> I have nine degrees. The hospital's like, well, you're definitely not a doctor, but you can work here. So he apparently rocks at that and he gets promoted to be a tech in the radiology department. May I really quickly yes. uh, explain? A, a count is a noble rank. And so it's a historical title of nobility in certain European countries, varying in relative status, generally of middling rank in the hierarchy of nobility. So he's a fucking he loser. Yeah. He starts working with the radiology department and he's a tech, so he kind of helps out everywhere. But his coworkers are like, he is such a tool bag. He's cocky, he's full of himself, and everyone just, they fucking hate him. He would wear ridiculous suits and match them with like canes. Oh. Just, just the dish. Wait, this gonna, was like in 1930s? Did I hallucinate that? Like the, yeah, ish. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. I'm just making sure, like, the timeline like, a little... it's 2022. Yeah. I'm like, what? Just <laughs> walking around with this cane. We need to bring okay. this back. He buys a wrecked airplane body and decided that the hospital parking lot was the best place to restore this. And they just let him. He just pulls up a wrecked God, what plane. what a time to be alive. In the back with his little cane, just walking out to the parking what lot. What a fucking time to be alive. Oh, yeah. Carl's in his 50s now, right? They Because ha- they haven't been clear on his age. It jumps around a little bit. So just now he's in his 50s. April 22nd, 1930. So it was in the 30s. <laughs> 1930, Maria Elena, I'm going to mispronounce her name, Miagro de Hoyas came in with her mom for an exam. She's a Cuban-American and she'd been sick for a while. She was married and she had suffered a miscarriage and her mom Mm -hmm. thought she just had postpartum from that. But then she started coughing real bad. And back then that's when TB was everywhere. So then they found out she had the worst form of TB. Which is tuberculosis. Anyone who doesn't know that. Yes, yes, yes. Apparently they're like, she's smoking hot. And remember all the visions that he had? Well, he went ape shit because she looked like the woman in his head. I'm so, so here's like, I'm intrigued as fuck, but mm-hmm. I'm just curious if like, was it just a brown haired, brown hide or brown hide, brown eyed Latina woman of any anything it just said exactly you know what i mean like i'm just so curious to know if it was truly a face that like 100 resembled her so many questions you know in my mind i'm just curious oh yeah i I think it's what you said it's just like what if it was me for dark hair dark eyes (laughs) (laughs) she's exotic i hope not this because you don't i don't think you want to be on the story sister no i do not you would not choose this adventure and you choose your adventure i would not turn to page 18 (laughs) no He, he was supposed to just draw her blood, but think about how big of a creep he had to be when she walked in there and be like, take my blood. And he's like, been thinking about her for all these years. Ew. Ew. Okay. Here's what he said when he was quoted when he first saw her. I looked into the face of unearthly beauty, the face of the bride, which had been promised to me by my ancestor 40 years before. Her voice was so soft and sweet and childlike. It reminded me of a mockingbird singing in spring. That's actually really sweet. That was beautifully written. Soft and childlike because she's like 30 something okay. years younger than me. Yeah, now, but there's but. some like vitality in people too. I didn't take that necessarily pervy. I uh, took that from like I the think it's just because I know the ending. I know, and I do too. Yeah, <laughs> like uh, I'm just trying to see yeah. it from a different way. Well, he in the podcast I was listening to, she goes, he was like 50 and she was 20. <laughs> she was like in her 20s. Who the fuck does he think he is? Dane Cook. <laughs> Ew. Ew. That's. I don't even, I can't even pack, unpack <laughs> Okay, at this point, he cuts off his family financially. He, they, they didn't really say it clear that they were all still together or not, but I know he was giving her money, and now he just puts all his time and money towards Elena. Presents or whatever she needed. Her, Elena's husband at the time, because she was married, <gasps> he dipped 
because she was, she was too sick, sick and Aww, he, what he didn't want to mess with it. So he left and Carl was like, oh, yeah. Her family is broke, too. Because back then women were just possessions. Mm-hmm. Right. He's Pretty like, much. oh, well, no one owes, owns her right now. Pretty much. Her family's poor and Carl looks like an angel to them because he's like, oh, I'm going to save her. I'm going to do all this stuff. I'm going to pay for it. And they're like, OK, do what you can. He starts doing experimental treatments on her. And keep in mind, like, he's not a fucking doc. Like, he's doing all these experiments. He's not a fucking doctor. It makes me God. so mad. He keeps declaring his love for her. And she's like, oh, thanks, friend. Like, fist bump. Like, it's yeah. fist bump level. Finally, the family gets annoyed and questions him because they're like, what? Because he gets real controlling. Like, they made cigars for a living. And I don't apparently didn't do very well. But he would say, don't smoke cigars. And he got, and that was, like, disrespectful to them. Um, and all kinds of stuff. He wouldn't let him around a certain time. He just got real controlling. Well, they probably shouldn't smoke cigars. And that's, yeah. <laughs> Especially because she the only doctor TB. comment he had, right? Yeah. Which is literally like a, an illness of the lungs. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. So then they go and they start getting other doctors' opinions. He's not going to give up. He he doesn't stop proposing. He just keeps proposing. And... <laughs> Back then in the time period, too, women can't be like, oh, go, go fuck yourself. She's like, oh, so, mate, we'll see what happens when I get better. That's what she tells him. Because she thinks he's going to, she has no shot at living if she doesn't. Yeah, of course. Him. I would 100% I'd say all the same shit. <laughs> yeah. The family's like, fuck you, leave her alone finally. And then he starts writing her letters. God, what a creep. And collecting wedding night things for them. Like Ew. lingerie. And I, I don't know what else. They just said lingerie. And I don't want to think about Blech. anything else. Apparently, they said he signs the letter <laughs> forever yours, Carl. And she responds, your friend, Elena. Poor thing. Yeah. He doesn't take the hint, though. October really? 25th. <laughs> right. I had no idea. October 25th, 1931. Unfortunately, Elena passed away at her parents' house in Key West. Carl, of course, paid for the funeral. And he went to her tombstone and her graveyard site every single day. How does no one find... I don't know. That's just... My parents, I don't know. I I can totally see my parents like walking down the street of like, hey, a doctor's obsessed with my daughter. That's cool. Hopefully he'll save her. And he's paying for everything. Not knowing that he's not really a doctor. And there's really, back then there was no, Mm -hmm. you weren't going to save somebody from TB. Um, All of their fucking concepts were terrible because of the, our our work with the ghost stories and Waverly. Yeah. Like their ideas were terrible. I'm just, at one point are they like, oh, and now you're going to pay for the funeral too? Like, gravy. Uh, it's, so much cringiness in here. Yeah, this whole thing. So he went there every day. Then he ends up building a fucking mausoleum for her oh because he didn't want her body to get wet. My mouth just completely raked this microphone. Like, I just put so much of it. I was looking to the left and I turned my head and I just mouth raked this microphone. Mouth raked. Unless <laughs> you don't have spikes in your mouth anymore. Kind like of dirty. <laughs> Like it just rubbed my lip. For those of you who like ASMR, we're not cutting that out. God, (laughs) that was that was my bottom lip. (laughs) Okay, backing up. So he built this because he didn't like how the graveyard drained. So six months after her issues, I know. Six months after her passing, they moved her into this, and before. Before they moved her, Carl decided that he was going to reclothe her and buy new bedding for her. So he just takes this upon himself to do that. Uh, I'm not sure how that happened, but Elena's parents let let him move into their house, sleep in her room for $5 a month. He wanted to be close to her and he liked that he could still smell her. <laughs> the look on your face. I'm so skeeved. Oh, yeah. Get ready. When he built that mausoleum, he built it double like a double walled coffin. 
so he can pump weird shit in there without her, without it leaking everywhere to try to preserve her body and prevent her from decaying. He gets a phone so put in there so he could talk to her every day. There were phones? He got a phone. Yeah, he got a phone installed. A phone system is what they said. I'm so, in, I didn't even know phones were. Uh, yeah. Mm, okay. I don't know what the fuck it was. Put that Motorola up in that bitch. Gosh. I don't know how they did it, but they did. This is when he claimed, like, he's, then he starts saying, well, she was asking me to get her out of there. So oh, one, one and a half years of nightly visits, he get fired. He got fired from his job that nothing related to that. But then people at, that worked at the graveyard and were at the graveyard quite a bit noticed that he quit coming after he got fired. So April 1933, he went at nighttime and got the inner coffin and left the outer one there so people would think she was still in there if they looked. Okay. He put her in a wagon. And this is all in his wedding suit, by the way. He did it in his, in his suit. He mm. had to try to get her over a fence. And he went to lift the coffin over the fence. And it fell back on him. And all that fluid <gasps> dumped, all, <laughs> dumped all over him. He takes her body to that airplane thing. And then he starts to doctor her up. Okay. Are you going to get gross? This is the part, Weak man. stomach. Y'all plug your ears or skip. <laughs> yeah. Fast forward if you got it. Because this is where shit gets real nasty. Like, yeah. And I do the whole time, like, I do feel bad for Elena. This and one she's sucks. A this is an extreme like, one. Mine is not. Yeah. She's a human. And, a, you know, it's just so weird of how he acted. So no disrespect. But, like, I'm going to make jokes about it. But I'm not discounting how terrible it is. Right. I mean, that's kind of the Disclaimer. point of the podcast. Yeah, that is true. Her, so her body's covered in, like, slimy mold. And there's, ah! like, maggots in her head. Ah! He, he put a crown on her. Okay. And a wedding dress. Get this. And then he, quote, Sank gently into the coffin, trembling with a burning love. <laughs> Your face. <laughs> oh my God. I bet it burned. When he peed. Oh my God. <laughs> he said, I kissed her and was blown away by the heavenly bliss we were experiencing. We, we. were not experiencing anything, sir. Sir. She's up there in heaven. Looking oh. like, oh, you're being creepy, dude. Oh. I'm so happy I'm not in there anymore. Oh, yeah. He moves her into his house and has a marital bed set up. He keeps working on her. He stitches the bones together with wire and coat hangers. He gets eyes especially made like glass eyes. And then he patches up her skin with silk and wax patches whenever it needs it. Stuffs her with rags. Ugh. And I think you see what I'm getting at. So he did. He removes her organs and replaces them with rags to like fill her out. Uh, yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Her mom had given him. I don't know why this happened, but her mom he had asked for some of her hair, like when she passed, and the mom gave it to him. So he starts making a wig, God. and this is two years after she had passed. Obviously, her hair is falling out. So two years. Oof. Ah. He he keeps minor gifts, so like jewelry and clothes and all that, and obviously he had to use a ton of perfume. Really? Could you imagine? I cannot. Could you imagine? And this is all in his um, airplane? Oh, no, she's in his house now. Okay. Yeah. Got it. How did he move her? Random thoughts. Just did. I don't know if he used the wagon again or what. I don't know. It's a weird time. Yeah. It's the 30s. People were just bebopping around. They just some keep horse their head buggies. down. Yeah. Let's not see something, say something, see something and look away so you don't yeah. get involved. Yep. He put a privacy curtain around his bed and... Becky, he put in a pulley system to move her arms. I read a book that that happened. It oh. was wild, too. Um, so the reason they had those curtains originally was to keep your heat in. Oh. Yeah. So while you were sleeping, you weren't freezing. 
<laughs> your body heat. So the more you know. Bleh. Yeah. And you remember how they made those death masks back then? Like when people died? They would no, make like I have they no used idea. to make like replicas of their faces sometimes. That's if you don't do that for me. <laughs> fuck Promise. off. <laughs> All right. You do it for me, I'll do it for you. They <laughs> we're not weird. He he made a ton of these though, like a ton, and then painted faces onto them. So when you guys Google them or him Oh, you have to. Yeah. Everyone Google him right now. And as long as you're not driving. Yes, Google it because Google the, you have the to face see it. comes you up to before his face yeah, almost. You have to fucking see it. This whole time, though, in his head, he thought he was bringing her back to life. He even ended up making some kind of like incubation tank so her body would stay hydrated. Yes. So he's a smart man. He's smart. With a lot of money. How did did how did he have all the money? I have no idea. I that, I I feel like that was. Never I don't know really if clear. It, that like later I'll tell you about how he got money, but right now I have no idea. No mm. one. I couldn't figure it out. Because I'm pretty sure, like, I'm pretty financially secure, and I still don't think I could take a body and mummify it on my own accord. We'll see whenever I pass. Okay, Ooh. so. <laughs> one Christmas, he said they had together, they had wine and dinner. He spit the wine into her fucking mouth. <gasps> he baby birded her. He did. He had Lacey Silverstone that Cabernet into her mouth. Mm. Ugh. Okay, he moved quite a ah, bit. <laughs> God, is there a movie? Uh, no. No How movie. How the fuck is there not a movie? I don't know. Somebody make it. Somebody make it. We Steven get Spielberg, I know you're listening. I know. He said he was. He's a couple episodes behind. Fuck. Okay. He moved around quite a bit, but he always took her with him. He also had a pack of 13 dogs, and he said that was for her protection. I guess he thinks and they didn't eat her? At, right? Because nom noms. <laughs> okay. He got so delusional that he became convinced that the plane was going to fix everything. Like his airplane that he's quote unquote restoring. Mm -hmm, he said mm -hmm. he was going to take her up into the air and all the radiation would go into her skin and everything and bring her back to life. Poor guy. Like we didn't like not poor guy. Please. No one attack me. But like what psychological was he schizophrenic? Not manic depressive, but like they're Something, schizophrenic. Something maybe maybe he was hearing her talking to him. Something was yeah. up. Something was up in Pirate's Cove. Something. I mean, if you did, you know, if you were like, but I still love it, I'd be like, sis. You got to let him go. I, there's more. You don't need to stuff this dude. Let him go. You got, don't need to do it. Man. Okay. The jig is about to be up. So her family and everybody had heard rumors about this, but they're like, oh, he's just sweet. He's like a lovesick little puppy. Leave him alone. They felt, they felt kind of bad for him. I'm sure he was old and yeah. tried and <laughs> blah. Yeah. With his cane. One day there was a kid walking past his house, though, and the kid peeked into the window and saw Carl dancing with a doll that looked just like Elena. <gasps> like a little kid. Could you imagine seeing that as a little kid? Or at all, but being a kid. Oh, and man. I hate that mannequin. kid's already traumatized as much. I'm pretty sure people were, like, shitting on the sidewalk still back then, but I don't know. What? I don't know. Is that... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what was happening. I just feel like that kid was already traumatized. For all I know, he lived in one bedroom and his parents were fucking right next to him in the bed. Whoa. Remember? Oh, yeah. Whoa. Do you remember? <laughs> we, we have talked about that. I, we have yeah. heard too many fucking stories. They're not leaving my mind. Yeah. And You're now yanking them all out of the library. I know. It's now that I don't Coming have alcohol the blurring the, blur the lines. <laughs> I remember we're not, everything. Yeah, we're not even buzzed. I know. <laughs> buzzed off the joy of life. Oh, my God. <laughs> But this this pushed Elena's sister over the edge. She's like, okay, I no. If, 
why would someone make that up? So she goes to confront him. This is seven years after her sister died. Fucking fuck, guys. Seven years. Seven, seven years. years. In a normal environment, seven years by now, the body would have been completely decomposed and it would only be a yeah. skeleton, right? I, I, didn't I think so. Do that, but I would I think imagine. I Googled that before. How quickly does the body decompose? Okay. I'm going to go to jail yeah. if anyone goes through my fucking Yeah, body. okay. You do that. And I'm doing it. Okay. She, she makes Carl take her to the mausoleum and open the door, but of course he's not going to do it. And then he's like, hey, come to my house. I want to show you something. So they go to the house, the door opens, and the smell like hits her in the snoot. Uh, Seven years of a dead body and all that. Okay, do you ha- did you find it? Yet? I actually uh, got in water, and so I got to get 10 days. Uh, if insects can be excluded, a body will decompose quite slowly because maggots are the most ferocious flesh feeders. Although an exposed human body is optimum, conditions can be reduced to bone in 10 days. A body... Um, that's buried underground can keep most of its tissue for up to a year. Oof. Remember this in case something happens. So um, seven years. years on the podcast that I Googled that for this podcast. <laughs> seven years. Sister walks in, about gets knocked over. He's like, come back here. Goes to the bedroom. No. Goes to the bed. No. Sees the outline of a person. No. And then looks closer. No. It's her sister. Nope. Carl's like proud though. He's like, look what I did. Look oh what I did. my god! Look, I saved her. Look what I did. I'm going to bring her back to life. And this sweet... See, this is what I'm saying. He's completely... He's lost his mind. The sweet baby angel's sister's like, take her back to the cemetery and I won't tell anyone. Take her take her back there. And he's like, no, you can't have her. So she goes against the cops and the cops come back. They walk in. Carl's got her in a kimono in his living room, sitting up in a chair, holding a rose. Yep. I don't know where to go from here. The cops just think at first they're like, he's just a creepy dude with a doll. And then they get closer and they're like, that's not they a doll. They didn't smell. They did, but they just thought he, like, I'm She's sure. She's like, hey, this is a dead body in here. And they're like, that's the smell of dead body. I don't think they wanted to believe it. Of it's course. I, jarring. They obviously arrest him and they give him a psych eval and he's competent to stand trial. Oh, my fucking cock. So, like, they don't find anything wrong. Mm. Like, the doctors are like, mm-hmm. no, he's good. He's charged with wantonly and maliciously, malicious destroying a grave and removing a body without authorization probably because they couldn't charge him with being like the creepiest creep alive in 1940 the trial began and it was one of the biggest court cases in of so that time so have you ever talked about fucking her wait for okay. it okay okay this is like oj size crowds that are at this place when I'm he sure. when he goes there he testifies and he's not sorry at all because he said he had an undying love and devotion to her and he repeats all the weird shit that i've said to everyone like all the stuff that mm. I've said. He, you know how long he was in jail? I don't want to. No uh, days. Okay. The statute of limitations had run out. Okay. So they just let him go and the trial was dismissed. So he got away with it. Poor family. On top of that, the public actually thinks he's a super romantic and they sympathize oh with him. And even to this God. day, to today, there's a tour in Florida and they portray him as a man who lost his love. Like, I love Will, and I'd be lost if he died, but, like, I'm not going to stuff him and keep him in my house for seven years. And he loves me back. <laughs> like, it's not it's not forced. Like, he, right. she didn't, oh, this, okay. Ugh. So, you mean that huge rock on your finger was given out of love? I made and him not, do it. I made him do it. <laughs> and not hoping that he could bring you back from the dead after dying? From yeah, he's going to take me on a plane later and keep me alive. Oh. Okay. While he was talking about his love for her, women in the courtroom were literally fucking crying. And they thought it was so sweet and romantic. Women were sitting there and crying. Okay, here's my thought. It's the time. 
It's the time. Yeah. Everything was so sad. Everything was terrible. There was war. There was famine. There was, I can't keep talking about shit on the streets. <laughs> <laughs> and it, I don't know. And I just, I'm like, they had nothing to hold on to. Yeah. So there's some epically disgusting romantic who was our, he was probably the first necrophiliac. Uh, they didn't even know it was bad Openly. Yet. Ugh. Ugh. It's so gross. After he was released, he could his face was everywhere, so he couldn't get a job, but he did give tours of his laboratory for cash. Her family that was still living, they had the funeral home, put her on display. 6,800 people came to pay to see her. They paid a dollar to see her. They just... I'm not even shocked by that. Yeah, and then after that was over, Carl's like, "Hey, uh, can can I get my wife back?" (gasps) After all that, and they're like, "Mm, "No, it's not your wife." (laughs) Thank you. They buried her somewhere in like a secret location, so he couldn't go back and take her because they knew he would. Yeah, couldn't he like just stalk her family to go see fucking a man? I cannot imagine that my family had to like secretly go find me by like the third tree on the left in some random fucking forest to be like. (laughs) Missy Brooklyn, so this thing happened today because they're oh. afraid someone's going to dig me up and fuck me. Because that's, that's what it is. That's legitimately so what it is. Oh, Bamboozled me. You looked so serious like someone was really going to do that. We're in Kentucky, though. It'd be like, turn after the third dollar general. Right. <laughs> right past the second Ford that's for sale. Oh, God. It says 2000 or best offer. Okay. Right. <laughs> yes. Okay, once everyone was overseeing his laboratory, he's broke and he's like, okay, I I probably need to leave town. I'm never going to be able to work again. On the way out, he stops by the mausoleum one more time. And she's not there, though. And he blew it up. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. He wrote an autobiography. Oh, shit, fuck. And he started painting pictures of Elena. His wife, and yeah, wife, because they, nothing I read, they got divorced ever. She starts giving him money after all this. Cut to 1952. Man, some people are just lucky. Shit. He got away with everything and anything. Yeah. 1952, no one's seen Carl. The neighbors are nothing. So they go to do a welfare check. He's. They find 75-year-old Carl laying next to a life-size replica of Elena. He still had one of the death masks they didn't take from him. So he got to keep his fantasy alive. One of the rumors was that he never, like when, the, when she left to get the cops, he switched them out and he still had her real body. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I feel I don't know how they wouldn't know that. It There's, was never confirmed, but that yeah. was a rumor, and I just thought it was interesting to because I mean he's pretty smart, so yeah. And then okay, here's the here's the super gross necky part. Ugh, everything's it gross. Takes, but it's this an is, eighteen page article that she has right in front, and eighteen pages of research, and it's the very last page that she says. I mean, all the other stuff, the sex, but all the other stuff was so gross. You know what I mean? Like it was. I had no. To, I thought all of this was very. There's no way that I could get to this without telling any of that. Yeah, other stuff. I totally get it. Okay, at the trial, they asked him. They're like, "Hey, did you ever molest her?" He's like, "Oh no, no, no. She was mummified." I couldn't do that. She was mummified. However, in 1972, two men, Dr. Foraker and Dr. Depu, maybe he lived in the street that you keep talking about shit again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. They were there at the 1940 autopsy of Elena. They remember oh, seeing no. a few things. Yeah. Ah, no. One of them was like her. This is obviously the medical term. I'm not ready for this. Her boobs felt super real. That's what I wrote. That's the medical terminology. Her boobs felt real. Wait, and they, they said, said that, that stupid. Or are you making a joke? 
No, they said her boobs. Okay, I didn't know but if you were they medically a said it in the medical okay, terms, it, and it, I was it, like, it. basically, all that rambling means her boobs felt real. Okay, got it. Yeah, they said the word that so you said that I don't say. What's the cupping them tits? What's that word that I don't like? I don't know. You say it supple. All the, yeah, <laughs> that's what they said. God, that was hard. Okay, and like her tits. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, <laughs> too and, soon. Okay. Ah, well. They also said there was a long paper tube in her hootie hoo. Yep. At the back of that tube. <gasps> At the back of that tube was a pile of cotton, and there was semen in a lot of it in that pile. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know what to say. I don't know. Where, I don't know where to go from I here. I want to get up and walk away. <laughs> That's what I want to do. I'm just thinking of a paper towel tube, uh-huh. which I didn't That's have. That's what I then. thought of too. Yeah, paper towel tube, like mm-hmm. that a fucking gerbil would run through. <laughs> Named Smokey or Fatso or something, just be bopping through that. Get in there, peanut. Yeah, and just (laughs) yeah, with uh, a pile of cotton. (laughs) I don't know. Anyway, 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 that's the that's the story of Carl Tanzler. That was terrible. Now I need a shower. Yeah. Oh, I feel so dirty now. Yeah, right. I felt fine until the last page. Well, let me make you feel dirty again. I have to take another shower in a new way. Okay, I need some. I need. That was a fucked up story. I know. Y'all got to Google it. Cause yeah, please do. Because there's actual things to look at. The in this mask one. and the shit, uh, shit happens here. And he kind of looks like. Uh, he looks creepy as what fuck. Was that and guy that did the Six Flag ads? Oh, I don't know. The old man. They did that campaign where he, he kind of looks anyway. like the Monopoly guy with a beard. It's weird that you said that because that's what they said on the other podcast. Oh shit! Like identically. That's well. The one, well, don't we listen to them. Listen to us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that was a very interesting story of Carl Tanzler. Thank oh, you for that. You're welcome. Are you ready for mine? No. We're doing something different here, guys. I'm I'm actually uh, pretty pumped about myself. Firstly, because it's just a wild story. Um, and second, because we're going to do this in a way we've never done it before. So let's uh, hop in. So my research came from Ranker.com, my bitch wiki, <laughs> nokilly.com, my bitch wiki, uh, nokilly.com, the US Sun, Google, investigate and discovery.com. And mine is called Stiff as Wood. <laughs> what would mine be called? I don't know. <laughs> Damp cotton balls. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Take a tube of cotton. <laughs> okay. So I wanted to start off with something sexy, which okay. is a statistic. <laughs> to each their own. <laughs> yes. So only 10% of necrophiliacs are women. Um, I'm and shocked it's even that high. I am too. Henceforth, what a wild fucking topic we get to cover as we talk about the Morgrat, which is the name that she gave herself, Karen Greenlee. I totally picked this one because she was a female. And yeah. that's... I didn't even pay attention to the story. I was like, we got a bitch. I'm about to be talking about this bitch. We got a bitch. Let's, let's talk. Let's talk about it. God, I want tacos. Okay. <laughs> so what's wild about her, besides her obviously being a female, is that she did a pretty intense interview. And we're going to unpack this in a really creative way that I'm pretty pumped about. <laughs> so after said interview, she legitimately had to move away and change her identity. A book named Apocalypse Culture. Actually, sorry. She became a person to research due to her sex and then her extensive practice of necrophilia. So oh. a book named Apocalypse Culture. If you could please Google that right now. I'd like you to see the cover of that book. Apocalypse Culture. It's written by Adam Parfrey and it's based heavily on her. These books are centered around unusual, extreme or forbidden areas of knowledge. 
And so they're like really, really fucking cringy books. And I'm sure what she covers is going to explain why she had a choice of going all Jane Doe on us and kind of disappearing. So let's talk about it. Ah. Yeah. Look at the like the creative on that's terrifying. It's like zombies, two guys trying to rape a chick. It's crazy. It's crazy. The, well, I don't want this on my phone. <laughs> uh, well, I don't want the decomposing body Google either, but we are where we are. And so what we're going to do is I'm going to tell you the story of what happens. And then I have printed off two copies of the fucking extensive wild interview <laughs> in which Heather is going to be the interviewer and I'm going to be Karen Greenlee. And Heather has not seen this. Yeah. She doesn't know shit about fuck I li- I or what she's going to say or what I'm going to say. I know nothing. She said, do you want to practice? And I said, no. Yep. I was like, do you want to see this in advance? And she was like, nope. And I, I haven't like, looked up anything about your person. Good. At all. Well, let's let's dive in. Oh, God. So okay. Karen Margaret Greenlee was born in 1956 and experienced, sadly, physical hardships rather early. Her father, Al Myers, stated that she was sexually molested at eight uh. and then raped by a teacher at 14 oh. while leaving, living in Sonoma County, California. Afterwards, she moved with her family to Coax, California, where she graduated from high school. Could have said that wrong. Who really fucking cares uh guess what i couldn't find a shit about fuck about her besides the event uh but apparently she was married at one point and then was separated separated at the time of this arrest couldn't find anything about that oh, okay. either so really she's known for this one event Ugh. and then known one million percent by the interview that she gave afterwards and this was okay I thought in, I, in my head, I thought it was like a lot. Well, it's in the 60s. It actually happens in the 70s. Sorry. Oh, that yeah. still feels too oh, soon. Oh, yeah. Ugh. So uh, she was 23 at the time and was an apprentice to an embalmer. Oh, mm. wow. So on December 17th, 1979, okay. Karen's oh. driving the hearse back to the funeral home and crematorium in Sacramento, California that she had worked at. She has John McCure, who's only 33 whenever he died in the back of the hearse. When she sees his family grieving, this bitch oh, no. literally does a U-turn what? and is like, not today. What do you mean? And drives off. No. With him? Where? I don't know anything. I, Normally I know a little I bit. I know. And, I, and you were, <laughs> I am seeing all the emotions okay. and everything oh. pop off right now. Okay. So imagine you're the family here. You okay. know it's your hearse because that's how funerals work. You, you know it's like yours. Like here it comes. Here it comes. And there it goes. Yes. Ugh. And I wouldn't know what to think or to say. I can say I wouldn't guess that the driver was like, I need some alone time with this body. <laughs> it had to be so horrifying and confusing. What's crazy today is on my way to the gym, I 1000% drove past a hearse that was not a part of a funeral. Just doing laps? Just a hearse. Oh. It was so wild to me. So she goes missing with this corpse for two days. It gains national headlines, obviously. Wait, uh, yeah. Eventually, the cops find her in the next county in which she had overdosed on Tylenol with codeine. I heard a few different things, but I'm pretty sure it's Tylenol with codeine. Uh, she had her stomach pumped and she ended up living. Her most damning evidence, though, oh no, was a four and a half page letter she wrote confessing to sexual activities with 20 to 40 bodies. What? dead bodies what the letter was filled with remorse over her sexual desires in which she says why do i do it why why do why why fear of love relationships no romance ever hurts like this it's the pits i'm a morgue rat this is my rat hole perhaps my grave whoa she was charged with illegally driving a hearse and interfering with a burial not for the necrophilia because why you might ask 
not illegal. It was not illegal in California. Guess what fucking year it became unlawful Ew. to bang a dead bod. Ew. I would think it's going to be shocking. 92. I don't know. 2004. No. Huh? No. Insert mind blown emoji. What? You know, fucking joke. Why did it take I that wonder. Long? Um, I wonder if it's because in the eyes of the law, like no one was physically being hurt at the time. It doesn't matter. I, oh. I know. And I, I think something had to have happened in 2004 that we haven't Googled around there that something happened that then made it illegal. Well, there's always a chain of events that makes something that way. So I written now I want to know. Yeah, I do too. Which oh. means I'm going to pick some more neckies for Becky's later on because this is not a topic I'm going to leave. <laughs> I'm going to dive back you in. You look so serious. Because I am. Neckies for Becky's. Yep. <laughs> so look at this. She gets a super heavy sentencing for stealing the body and the hearse. She got 11 days in jail. Huh? And a $250 fine. Stop it. She was placed on two years of probation with medical treatment recommended. Meanwhile, the mother of the dead man sued, which fucking Duh. should have. Yeah. Uh, claiming the incident scarred her psyche. I fucking Why bet. Why would it not? Yeah. And she asked for $1 million, but settled 417000 in general and punitive damages. I hope she got something. This was in the early 90s now, so I'm sure that was a more, more decent sum with inflation. As you'd imagine, the press fucking loved this shit. As she yeah. moved through the rest of this, let me simply state that a couple of Sasshold podcast does not agree with anything you're about to hear. No. I am simply repeating a story told over and over again by many other pervs. Uh, don't get shitty with me due to what I'm about to say, as I am definitely going to be playing Karen. You, because <laughs> it's what I'm going to say is probably going to scar me. Uh, I haven't full. I've read it, and I felt no dirty. wonder you were like had a dirty mouth. Where's the sex in in my story? Because oh, we're is... unfortunately going to go there here. Uh, we are going to dive into the actual psyche of someone who believes it is okay. And is turned on by dead bodies. Mm, I'm uncomfortable. So Karen is now more comfortable with her sexuality. And I quote, when I wrote that letter, I was still listening to society. Everyone said necrophilia was wrong. So I must be doing something wrong. Oh, no. But the most people tried to convince me I was crazy. The more sure of my desires I became. The following interview was held in Karen's apartment, a small studio filled with books, necrophiliac drawings and satanic adornments. No. And here what we begin. What did she do? How did she work? Where... Do you tell she me? Was in a, she was an embalmer. She worked in funeral homes. They still let her work there? Oh, I don't. I can't find it. I don't know anything about her now. She oh, changed her name. Here is sorry, the interview. Have, oh, my God. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. This is called The Unrepentant Necrophile. <laughs> and you are bold, and I am not bold. I'm always bold. Yes. Okay. You are. Okay. And um, this is by Jim Morton. So, so I'm Heather, Jim. you are Jim, and okay. I am Jim. Should I talk in a deeper voice? Whatever floats your boat. <laughs> Back during the trial, from what I read in the newspapers, it seemed like you got very little support. No, none whatsoever. The newspapers were the worst. To this day, I hate reporters. One of them even compared me to Richard Trenton Chase, the vampire killer. What support there was, was like family obligations. One of my brothers refused, refused to have anything to do with me. He said, I just want to remember her as she was. He came up to me later and apologized, but still isn't comfortable around me. My other brother was more supportive, but even asked, how'd you do it? Before the trial, I had a boyfriend who found out about it. He got mad and slapped me around. He said I wasn't even a woman and I could go fuck my dead bodies <gasps> i was surprised he knew apparently a lot of people knew and i don't know how they knew with guys they always felt i went for the bodies because i was hard up and if i went to bed with them that they would change me and they would be the one who would give me so much satisfaction i wouldn't need those old corpses anymore 
I've run into that a lot. Sometimes I have guys come on to me just for that reason. <laughs> this is really hard for me not to comment. And I mean, feel free to comment. But just I make sure that we com- say it's. I wanted to comment the entire time. I, like I'm picturing myself thinking, okay, you're the interviewer and you're talking to this crazy bitch. How do you not be like, do you? And you're what sitting you're in an apartment with that all the fucking yeah. Like she's leaned in. She is fucking leaned in. Yeah, I did. Okay. Anyway, back in now, Jim again. Yep. The the question I most often asked is, how does she do it? Yes, that's the question. People ask questions like that. Even people who seem pretty cool seem to have open minds. Then when you tell them, they say, that's very interesting. Then don't want to have much to do with me. I don't mind telling people how I do it. It doesn't matter to me. But anyone adept sexually shouldn't have to ask. People have this misconception that there has to be penetration penetration for sexual gratification, which is bull. The most sensitive part of a woman is the front area anyway, and that is what needs to be stimulated. Besides, there are different aspects of sexual expression, touchy-feely, 69, even holding hands. That that body is just lying there, but it has what it takes to make me happy. The cold, the aura of death, the smell of death, the funeral surroundings, it all contributes. (laughs) I'm dying over here. Literally dying. Okay. Jim says, the smell of death? Sure. I find the odor of death very erotic. There are death odors and there are death odors. Now you get your body that's been floating in the bay for two weeks or a burn victim. That doesn't attract me much, but a freshly embalmed corpse is something else. There's also this attraction to blood. When you're on top of a body, it tends to purge blood out of its mouth while you're making passionate love. You'd have to be there, I guess. I'm dying. This is. (laughs) I am struggling. You're doing a good job, but man, I'm sicked out. All right, lean into this statement right here. Oh, God. Okay. Of course, with all the AIDS going around. That's the reason I haven't tried anything lately. I'm sure I'd have found a way to get into one of those funeral homes by now, but the group I find attractive, young men in their 20s, are the ones who are dying of AIDS. Did you usually attend the funerals of your corpse lovers? Oh, God. Yeah, it was convenient working in the funeral homes. I'd get to drive out to the cemetery with the family. I'd get to mourn right along with the family at the loss of that loved one. Except I was groaning in a little different tone. People can't really tell if you're grief stricken or passion stricken. (laughs) I've had members of the family put their arms around me and say, we're so glad you could come. And then you have to spin this big old yarn. Yeah, I knew him in school. If the guy didn't have a girlfriend in life, they think you were. Oh, she's the one. Is this not fucking insane? We're going to. Is this not insane? This is So like you don't uh, you don't know anything by the storyline until this fucking interview. So at the end of the day, people didn't really understand what was going on with her. But the big issue was that she fucking had this interview and like she is openly a necrophiliac and and she is saying why it turns her on. And she's not embarrassed. And I don't know. That part is just the. I don't know. There's 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 so much every chair, but you don't need to lean in this hard to this one. yeah okay Mm -hmm. okay now i'm jim you you weren't in sacramento at the time of the trial were you no i was working in a funeral home in another city and going to school at the same time it's weird but the day i got a telegram about the trial telling me to get in touch with my attorney i went to the funeral home and was fired for things i had done at that funeral home somebody i guess got wise of me i know i wasn't seen but i think somebody just figured it out of course they didn't know about sacramento yet they found out later 
that's the same day within five hours of each other, two totally different things caught up with me. I worked in that funeral home for almost a year. That's where I did a lot of my extracurricular activities. I had keys, so I'd slip back in after hours and spend all night there. A guy lived at the funeral home in an apartment downstairs. He drank, so he usually passed out. He had a 357 Magnum under his pillow. The guy that court case was about. John McCure. Yeah, I understand he was moved out of the cemetery after the trial. That happened at the time I was breaking into the funeral homes. There was a side room, one of those arrangement areas where they always have their case folders out. I read there was an ex, uh, exhumation. Did I say that right? Yeah. Okay. An exhumation order for John McCure. Then I read something in the paper about it. His mother wanted his body exhumed, said she wouldn't bury her cat there. On the day he was supposed to be exhumed, I snuck out into a field across from where he was buried. I sat in the field and watched them dig up the body and give him to to the other mortician. They shipped him back to Michigan. When did you first become aware of your necrophilia? It's something I've been attracted to all my life. I used to hold fu- uh, funeral services for my pets when they died. I had a little pet graveyard. I lived in a small town and the fireman's barbecue was next door to the funeral home. To go to the bathroom, you had to use the facilities in the funeral home. I'd find any excuse I could to go to the bathroom and then I'd sli- I'd take side trips and wander around the mortuary. <sighs> I'm trying. Okay. It didn't scare you like the other kids? No, I loved it. I was real curious. I'd wander around the halls. Did you <laughs> You're you're really good at this. Thank you. Yes, you're welcome. Did you did you miss working in funeral homes? Yes, terribly. Even if I wasn't a necrophile, I love mortuary work. I enjoy embalming and everything, except for obese people. The bodies I hated working on most were obese people, especially if they'd been autopsied. Their guts would slide out on the floor and shit. All this melty fat. Ugh. We broke character. <laughs> Ew. Okay. I know. Back in. Milky fat. <laughs> <sighs> this is... This is fucked up. I'm going to... Imagine I'm, acting like you're saying this shit and you believe it. I don't want to. It's not a good time. Okay. Here comes Jim. <sighs> you said something previously about the vampire killer, Richard Trenton Chase. He was from Sacramento, wasn't he? Yeah, the second funeral home I worked for, I wasn't working there at the time, got the bodies of Chase's victims, a man and a woman and their child. So I hear the gory details of what the bodies looked like. They were really butchered. They were disemboweled with shit stuffed in their mouths. Chase started by killing animals and drinking their blood. And when he wasn't satisfied, and when he wasn't satisfied with that, he graduated to people. He killed this couple, then kidnapped their child, killed it, and later threw it in a trash can. The mortician who involved the bodies said he he hardly ever got queasy about anything, but he got sick when he saw those bodies. What's the weirdest case you've ever encountered? Hmm. Oh, no. Hmm. There was one kid who fell out of a car while his mother was making a U-turn, and she managed to run over his head. (sighs) Another kid choked to death on a cigarette wrapper. One guy committed suicide by shooting himself in the head with a pellet rifle. He had to shoot himself several times, and it took a while to to die, but he finally succeeded. There was another guy I worked on. He was a transvestite who somehow strangled himself with his nylons. I don't think it was intentional. I think he was trying to achieve heightened orgasm through strangulation, and he ended up hanging himself. He wouldn't be the first to make that mistake. How about the most unusual funeral? 
One time, this bunch of religious fanatics held a funeral for one of their members. They didn't want her embalmed. They just wanted her dressed and in the casket. We usually didn't do that, but we decided to be nice and put her in the stateroom. We were standing outside of the stateroom and we heard someone saying, rise in the name of Jesus. They were praying and slapping the body. They were ta- they were talking in tongues. It was weird. No, she said that was weird. Right? Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, she should throw stones. Fucking weirdo. Okay. There seems to be a strong camaraderie between morticians, almost like a secret society. Very much so. Morticians are very tight with each other because most people won't have anything to do with them. I used to find if I went to a party, I'd always be introduced like, this is Karen and she's a mortician. But they don't say, here's Karen, she's a secretary or she's a veterinarian assistant. A lot of people are under the misconception that morticians are very straight, very somber. If they ever went back into the prep room and heard all the jokes that are cracked, it would blow that theory right out the window. Did any of those morticians ever testify for or against you at the trial? One funeral director testified on behalf of the funeral practices. He asked how often necrophilia occurs. He said it's almost unheard of for in this profession. That's a major lie. Yes, definitely. Necrophilia is most prevalent than most people imagine. Funeral homes just don't report it. There was one place that I broke into and I know they knew something was wrong. They actually caught me in the act and let me get away. At another place I was working, this guy came up to me and said, somebody's been messing with the bodies. It looks like they were trying to fuck the body. I said, oh my goodness, really? I think they figured it out later. I now know they know. One mortician I worked with used to like trocar, which is a a large hollow needle used to suction fluids from the corpses and push it up inside any male cadaver's dick. (laughs) He'd say, oh, look, the corpse just got a boner. This guy was really weird. He looked like Larry of the Three Stooges. Sorry, I, I think he had some necrophilic tendencies. He'd get real upset if there weren't any female bodies to work on. He'd start pacing. I caught him one time in the prep room. He said he just he was just taking a pee in the hopper at the end of the table. He was just pulling up his pants when I walked in. I said, I wouldn't tell if you don't. Can you fucking believe what we're saying right now? No. Can you fucking believe what is being said? No. Okay. We're almost done, guys. Buckle up. (laughs) Okay. You say you were once caught in the act of necrophilia once? Yeah. I had tried to kill myself and was living in a halfway house a couple of blocks up from the funeral home. I decided to go to the mausoleum and try and kill myself there. Or, sorry, try to kill myself again. The mausoleum had a door connecting to the mortuary. I was sitting there real depressed when just for the hell of it, I decided to try running my driver's license along the edge of the door and click. The door popped open. I couldn't believe it. So I tried it again and the door popped open again. I went into the prep room and there happened to be a body in there. I had me some fun, did my thing and forgot all about killing myself. I told the folks at the halfway house that I stayed the night with a friend. I went in there several times. Sometimes there were absolutely no bodies. So I turned around, snuck back out. I usually went in the back door. I want to say a joke about Uh the back door. Okay. About a week later, I snuck back into the funeral home. I was on the prep table having a good old time when all of a sudden I felt like there was somebody nearby. Next thing I heard people walking down the hallway. I quietly jumped off the table and threw the sheet back over the body. My clothes were in quite a state of disarray and I had blood on me and everything else. It had been an autopsy case. There was a casket with the lid open in the side casket room. So I ran and hid behind it. The casket was on a church trunk, so they couldn't see me, but they could see my legs. It was a man and a woman. 
They were standing there saying, who are you? What are you doing here? One of them said to the other, you got to get the gun and call the cops and I'll stay down here. I knew I only had one chance, so I busted out and ran. I knew the layout of the place, so I just ran down the hall and out of the place and out of the cemetery. At the time, I still had a friend who worked at the funeral home. He said, somebody broke into the funeral home. They know it was you. They put in an alarm after that. I think they called the police, but there were never any charges. I'm sure they didn't want it po- the publicity. That was the last time I got very close, except for I've broken a, f- a few tombs. Man, okay. Mm. Have you seen any changes in people's attitudes towards necrophilia? Yeah, when I came out here, I noticed it. It's almost a fad. They're not really necrophiles, but pseudo-necrophiles, like a death cult. But there are probably a lot of people who would do it if they had the opportunity. What the fuck? Perhaps there is this vast network of necrophiles who, for lack of a forum, will never know of each other's existence. Well, there's Layla, Wendell's group, American Association of Necrophilic Research and Enlightenment. They try and get some information about it. It must be frustrating when people say, we have, a, we have to cure you or you've got to be more like us. It is. For a while, I found myself thinking, yeah, this isn't normal. Why can't I be like other people? Why doesn't the same pair of shoes fit me just right? I went through all that personal hell and finally accepted myself and realized it's just me. That's my nature. And I might as well enjoy it. I'm miserable when I try to be something I'm not. And two, a lot of these people who are putting me down have hangups worse than I have, or they do things that might be considered questionable by their peers. I had a gay friend who, when he found out I was a necrophile, said, you can go to hell for that. After 1979, when I was put on probation, part of the probation requirement was that I seek therapy. I had a really nice social worker. She was cool. Very non-judgmental. The more I talk to these people, the more I realize necrophilia makes sense to me. The reason I was having a problem with it was because I couldn't accept myself. I was still trying to live my life by other people's standards to accept what was peace. These people who are always trying to change me only helped me get myself more in touch with my feelings. I used to go from the therapist's office to the funeral home. It didn't work, folks. I don't. And scene. I hated that. I hated everything about it. I hated hearing you say it. I hate to think knowing that you were reading someone else's words. I don't know. I I, I don't. I wasn't. So when I came when I came up with the concept of um, you interviewing me as Karen, it's because at first I read the story and I was like, I can only come up with a page and a half of details. Well, that's no good. And I was like, well, let me find this fucking interview. You found them. And once I read through (laughs) the interview, I realized all everything's in that. Everything's in that. I feel like so Heather's I, looking at me differently. I don't know what to do. Almost I, as if I don't. this was I and I was this and I am not. That was, that was just a reader. That was a, you with just a little a, bit of acting. Academy Award for creepiest. I hate that I have to edit this one and hear myself. And hear yourself say that you 69 to dead body. Because <laughs> you did. And I heard it. We all heard it. We all sat here and we all heard it. That's, yep. Oh. Um, I, so, okay. So, okay. Okay. The whole time I had thought that it was penetration too. So like, I totally thought it was going to be rigor mortis in that region. And then to find out that's not a thing. Now, the blood gurgling out of the mouth thing um, was a lot to unpack. 
And then she said that everything that was on her clothing, so you could tell that she had been fornicating, (laughs) has a lot of feelings. I have a lot of feelings right now. I know. Because I, I, that, all that just came at me. And I did, and now I know why you were like, are you sure you don't want to read it first? Uh, that's, this is why. Because I knew it was just I did, so <sighs> above and beyond. Like we have now all, all of us listening have just experienced what it's like to be an, a necrophiliac. Oh, God. Like this my was God inside just, their brain. My God just made a doll. And we didn't have to hear all this part. Oof. <laughs> Yours also had cum soaked cotton balls. <laughs> So let's not act like yours was above. Uh, ain't nobody above. Right. But I just, I, the fact that she went to the funerals she, and acted like she was the girlfriend of these bodies that she was, she's a she wasn't even grieving. She was turned on Ooh, by what? the funeral. What, what year was this? 1979. Again? This interview was? Um, it was right after she got out. So like so the interv- 1979, the, at least the internet wasn't around because then she could find other like-minded people. Well, on there's the internet. a, it's the American association of necrophilic research to, and enlightenment. She couldn't just sit in her house and type it in. You know what I mean? She had That's to make it, put the, a little yeah. bit of effort into it. I'm sure a lot of people reached out to her because keeping in mind, she did get national attention for it. And then this was written. And then because of this, and then she changed her name so and she went like into she hiding. She got caught and leaned in. Leaned in too hard. Leaned in and was just like, hey, I am who the fuck I am. I'm going to fuck as many dead bodies as I can. Uh, And then you can't stop me. And I don't feel bad about it because this is who I am. And this is how I feel. I couldn't imagine if we read this and it was a pedophile because that's essentially what she's saying. Yeah. Is it her? And dear God, everyone knows that I'm not fucking saying shit. And but they're saying it's something wrong in their brain. Right. Yeah. That's what she's she's saying. saying is like, I'm she's like. Blasting Lady Gaga, born this way in the background. Yeah, she was like, I can't, I can't do anything about she's it. She's playing Weekend at Bernie's. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. And then she's also turned on by a lot more than the dead body. There's a lot of foreplay in this for her prior to it. And so after that, they write it and then they write a book about it, which I don't, I can't, I don't think I can read or I would. I'm not going to. <laughs> but <laughs> this is wild. Yeah. I mean, I've, it was interesting. She's still alive. She is? Yeah. Where I want to know. I name changed. So she can get on the internet. She has been on the internet. She's probably all over the dark web. Oh, she knows everything about her. I mean, there's a book written about her. Fucking, you know, like yeah. This is this was wild. And now that there's more people like it, I mean, yeah. There's for all you know, too, people who die will openly give that. Just like people who are like, I want to be murdered, and they go to people's houses and get murdered. Oh, they sign off, and they're like, I want to be murdered. I want you to kill me. Oh. That is when we have to unpack that one guy. Yeah. Next. Do you remember that guy? There's some guy that I saw it on Law and Order. Yeah. Some guy who I mean, obviously, that's not the same guy, but it was based off of him. Mm -hmm. But where you could I'd I'd kill you and you sign off on it. Man, I'm sure that there's people who are like, I yeah, you can keep my body after and last week. Ride the cowboy. Last. Oh, (laughs) Mm. last week you did snow survivors this week dark turn next week we talk about bunnies <laughs> no we don't bunny chat <laughs> who knows i might find another oh <laughs> you never know yeah well that, that is i don't even know how to wrap this in a bow how do we how do we i think we just throw the e-brake and jump <laughs> like, i think we just need to throw the e-brake and jump jump right out of the fucking we don't podcast. always talk about this but you're this welcome. one's pretty wild it, yeah you're welcome we kept you on your shelves yeah so uh this was such a weird format and i really do i mean it was a cool i i'm happy we did it this way yeah but i do feel different 
And I really, truly cannot tell you how much I don't want to edit the podcast because I'd read it in my head, but I didn't read it with fruition. Like I didn't read yeah. it with feeling. Yeah. And I feel I don't feel right. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why I said whatever is this was me reading the interview. Man, well, you did a good job. I wanted to comment quite a bit. I made a few sighs and and your phone's ringing. Can you stop it? It's like it is driving me bonanas. <laughs> um, yeah. Was there anything particularly that you? No. <laughs> the weirdest cases. Yeah. I I don't. The, I think the easily the worst one is the little kid who fell out of the car in a U turn and the mom ran over the head. Yeah. I could not even fathom that. That one fucked with me for well, a she minute. She said melty fat though. That's. I need to think about that because that was kind of. I could melty fat. <sighs> wow. Wow. I don't know. And, and she was like, when it's an autopsy case, I guess in the 70s, they weren't doing autopsies all the time. You know, like, I feel like an yeah. autopsy is automatic when you die. Maybe I'm wrong. I have no idea. Who knows? Now I'm scared to die. I don't want anybody to do me. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> Keep I them paper it. tubes away. Oh, my God. And they're just, oh, and now I'm now I am fucking creeped out at the thought of get being naked on a fucking platter. <laughs> Served up like a yeah, Thanksgiving turkey. <laughs> well. <laughs> okay, now we're laughing. Let's go out on a good note. Yeah, so, um, hey, we're always going to keep telling you guys, if you have a topic, toss it on the Facebook page. We'd, yeah. love to, we'd love to get some inspiration from you all. Let us know. Yeah. Please, my acting debut was a smash hit. It was. It, it was. It got thrown off. The script. The script. The script. I, I get that. Okay. Rate, review, subscribe. Tell your friends. Tell your mom not to listen to this one. Tell her <laughs> tell her about the other ones. <laughs> yeah. We love it. And we love you. Yay. Thank thanks. You. Bye. Bye. Theodore. Can I put that down?